podcast and I'm so excited to share with you about uh, this podcast that we're bringing to you today with a good friend of mine, my big brother TJ Mayfield, a graduate of Alcorn State University, a sports broadcaster, an educator, and a community advocate, and a, a future politician. And so uh, he, uh, <laughs> he'll share with us a little bit about himself and uh, let us know uh, why I threw that last one in because uh, he has a long lineage of uh, uh, his his father is a strong name in in where in the Vicksburg area as pertains to politics and and in the state really and so right. uh, I know he's going to talk about that uh, as we discuss about um, him per se and what he brings to the table as pertains to education politics and life itself and so I want to. Uh, want TJ to just share a little bit about himself and uh, tell us uh, who you are and what you uh, bring to the table. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you for having me on, first of all. Uh, yeah. I think this interview couldn't have happened at a better time, you know, with everything happening, uh, with the political landscape in yeah. Mississippi, especially with education. Uh, but for me personally, I'm like to say a community advocate. Uh, so right now I'm working with an organization mm -hmm. called Rock United, where we advocate on behalf of restaurant workers. Um, I'm the, I work mm -hmm. with the American Heart Association, where we're trying to expand Medicaid with a coalition that we've built called Care for Mississippi. Uh, of course, my favorite thing to do yeah. is, of course, radio and sports commentating. Uh, but of course, mm -hmm. out of college, I started out as an educator. And of course, we all know, mm -hmm. you know, black men in education, you know, it's 2% of America. And coincidentally Correct. enough, you know, 2% of all presidents in America have have been black. Uh, so I would like to think yeah. we're in the special category. Uh, we do great work in the community. Even though I'm not in mm -hmm. a classroom or in a school every day, uh, my heart always goes out and supports the teachers, not just in Mississippi, but across the nation. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, I, I know that you uh, attended Alcorn State and and all those different types of things. And so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Best decision uh, I ever made in my life. <laughs> Easily the best decision I ever made in my life. I don't care what nobody say. <laughs> you know, that, where I grew up, where I met my wife. So the uh, Alcorn is the best decision yes, I ever made. Yes, That's why yes. I went back twice and got my second degree there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, and, and yeah. you know, uh, you know, we, we're good. We're, we're good friends. And, um, uh, yeah. I met you in college <laughs> as I was yeah. there and I already knew your wife, but, uh, you just became a very good brother and friend of mine. And so uh, I want to, I want you to, I want you to talk a little bit about education and, uh, where you see it at right now as it pertains to, uh, you know, what we're dealing with it with in education, uh, right now, today, you're going to be watching this later, but today, uh, March 22nd, 2022, we just got a pay raise after so many decades. And mm. then <laughs> we just got a, um, 
we just got a bill passed that don't make sense. But I I'm going to let you talk about that because you have a deeper depth in that. You're the history buff and all that type of stuff. But it's just it just don't make sense. But I'll let, I I'll let you talk on that. You know, I, I never understand how for the life of me, a state like Mississippi is allowed to pass a law like critical race theory. I mean, yeah. you know, literally every county community in Mississippi, you know, we we saw the Racist Act. We saw uh, the nooses from trees, and we still see some of the issues mm -hmm. that's going on today in Mississippi. So uh, you pass this law that's a political boogeyman for, for racist people across this nation who believe that, you know, black people are coming for something or, you know, brown people are coming mm -hmm. for something that's yours. And then... On the backside of it, you know, you use it as a political ploy, uh, you know, to hurt young people in education. Uh, I mean, when I was in, in a classroom, mm -hmm. you know, I talked about everything. You know, we talked about the Black Power Move. We talked mm -hmm. about the Black Panthers. We talked about yeah. uh, Black Wall Street, Loving versus Virginia. And, you know, I'm one of those people that you mm -hmm. know, I look up to and I respect Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, but if you're going to talk about Dr. King, you know, tell the full story. You know, tell about... The fact right. that in his final speech, you know, he was talking about economic equality and the fact that black people could finally sit at the lunch counter. But what good was it if they couldn't afford to shop mm -hmm. there? Uh, so, you know, when, when we right. talk about, you know, passing a, a teacher pay raise, it's long overdue. I mean, this is something that mm -hmm. should have been done 10 or 15 yeah. years ago. I said it on Facebook today and For I real. continue to say it. You know, we got to stop letting people who send their mm -hmm. kids to private school and they went to private school make decisions for public school people. You know, if you never rode a school Correct. bus, you don't know what it's like. If you've never been to a school that's lacked resources, mm -hmm. you don't know what it's like. If you've never been in a classroom right. that has 25, 30 kids, you don't know what it's like. And so for you to turn around and tell right. teachers for so many years, you don't deserve this salary, you don't deserve these resources, it's one of the mm -hmm. most abysmal things I've ever heard in my life. Right. And so, and so, um, I, I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I was glad today, uh, but, yeah. but I still was sad because it, it just, um, and you know, the research that I'm doing is just saddens me by, by the numbers in which I'm seeing, you know, over time of what you're going to pay teachers in Mississippi. And, right. and, and then we have a, a large fluctuation of teachers that leave and go to Texas and, and Memphis yep. just over yep. the state line to get paid more yep. money because we won't take the time to pay them. And so, uh, I, I just see it as a, a great concern that we're still going to have to work with, um, in that capacity. But, but, but I do want to talk about this critical race theory because it's a it's a legal theory. That means that right. it, it's 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 not a theory in which you can manifest and 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 kind of blow out of proportion because, uh, like I told you before we got on here, the theory the theory they had to lash onto something, and although we got multiple theories, you know, mm -hmm. they had to lash onto something to make the case of what they were they are trying to push forward credible. So they're right. going to push something that's credible and use, utilize that as a platform to destroy it. Although it's used in a legal platform to help in a critical way. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if so, you look at critical race theory, 
it only taught in one place in the entire state, Ole Miss Law School. Correct. And Correct. I wonder how many of those legislators and representatives that voted for actually sat in one class or actually read the curriculum of that class. I mean, you got to realize mm-hmm. Ole Miss, of course, we know the history of it where a guy like right. Mega Evers was turned around trying to go to Ole Miss and mm-hmm. James Meredith, right. you know, they literally tore the campus up for him trying to get in. And then you turn Correct. around and pass something that you literally could have went to that same campus and learned about it in the first place. So, Correct. I mean, that's, that's what it is. You know, like you said, it's a theory, mm-hmm. uh, actual legal theory, but I guarantee you they didn't even read the theory in itself. And so it's still a waste no. of time no. that y'all went over to the no. Capitol when you could have been passing teacher pay and you didn't mm-hmm. do any research on it, but you just looked at it and said, mm-hmm. this is something we're going to latch on to. Right. Right. And, and, and so it, it, it is a continual battle uh, that we, we that we're going to continue to deal with <clears throat> that we're going to deal with on a regular basis because of because of that. And so uh, I just see it as a as a major weakness <laughs> to our system right. uh, and and a, and a setback for our educational system. Because it is, it is not, it's not going to do anything to the educational system. We have other things that we have to deal with. Well, the problem other I have is, this. you know, we look at a lot of people who will say, um, you know, we need to leave the Confederate monuments alone, or we don't want to touch history mm-hmm. too much. And then when I want to go and teach that same right. history, you don't want me to teach it. You know, you contradicting mm-hmm. yourself as it is. Correct. But you waste the time and money in doing so. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so they don't want to do like like what what Malcolm Gladwell talks about, revisionist history. Is going back and telling the truth about what happened and being truthful about it and allowing it allowing that to be the thing that inspires the younger generation All right. to recognize what actually happened. You know, right. some of us had to go back and tell the real story about Christopher, Christopher Columbus, because if yeah. we did not, then young people would be out there celebrating Christopher Columbus. And he did all the things that he did to black people. Yeah, nobody was in a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> if nobody talks about it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a, it's a strong issue. And, and, and so you as a person that is working in that, uh, in that stream now leaving education, and stuff like that. So how did how how did it how how's the transition in going from leaving education and stepping into uh, being campaign managers and and working uh, in other spheres of nonprofit and stuff like that to get things done? Well, you know, when you introduced me, you talked about uh, my political background, and like you mentioned, my dad has been in politics mm-hmm. all my life. Um, I watched as a young kid yeah. what my grandfather did was social justice, um, you know, how he fought uh, literally mm-hmm. in the 1960s. He could have been killed for trying to get black people the right to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, you know, that's yeah. who I am. That that blood is inside of me. So I can't, you know, turn my back on something mm-hmm. I've always felt uh, was an obligation for me growing up as a kid. Uh, for leaving education, right. it was difficult because, like I said, uh, being a black man in a classroom, that's something most kids don't see every day. Um, I taught mm-hmm. in high school, and I can't tell you the yeah. amount of kids told me that I was their first black male teacher. You know, some mm-hmm. of these kids are 11th or 12th grade. 
and their first black male teacher is a guy who was 22, 23, uh, educating mm. them. And so for a lot of them, it became something like a big brother role. You know, some of these yeah. kids still call me. They still text me. They send me a message on Facebook or whatever. Uh, and so that was a difficult part. But as far as stepping into the role of a, a campaign manager or organizer or lobbyist, that was the easy part <laughs> because mm -hmm. I was already doing that. I just wasn't getting paid to do right. And so now yeah. when I look at it, you know, <laughs> it's just something I, it's always been a part of me, you know, campaigning for my dad mm -hmm. at a young age, um, yeah. you know, public speaking, you know, that's something that I, I had already done. Uh, but I think the, mm -hmm. the great thing about it is you still see that even though, you know, I'm not in education, there's other people in need. Um, I look right. at working at Rock United Restaurant Opportunity Center. I didn't mm. know that there's a lot of people in the restaurant industry, uh, such as servers, bartenders, they still make $2.13 an hour. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we we look at a gallon of gas right now at $4. So, essentially, you got to work two hours to be able to afford a gallon of gas right now. Um, mm. And with the American Heart Association trying to expand Medicaid, um, as somebody who's had health problems, who's had a kidney transplant, who was right. on dialysis, I know the cost of it. Mm. You know, I know what it's like to right. have to go get insulin. But if I couldn't afford my insulin when my blood sugar was 400 one time because um, I was on so many steroids after my surgery, I would have died. But what about that person that can't afford it? Mm. What about that person who can't go to the doctor and they find blood in his urine, uh, but you just can't see with the naked eye? So all of those things make me think right. uh, that there's always somebody in need, whether it's in education, healthcare, uh, the labor industry, no matter where I work, no matter what I do, I'm working to service people. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good, TJ. I, I, I like that. I like that point of always being able to be of service. And so I know that you are desiring, I know you have not told us yet, but I know that you are desiring <laughs> to go back and <laughs> to um, run again uh, and run in a political office to be to make to, to do some major change and to right. um, be changed for our generation. And so I want to talk. I want to talk about how your father's influence on you as pertains to politics mm -hmm. helped you to run for office at the time that you did. And then what do you see down the line as pertains to you running for office in the future? You know, it's, it's crazy. When I when I ran for office, everybody was like, you know, the only reason he's doing it is because his dad is putting him up to. And I was like, <laughs> my dad, when I saw what he went through all of the years, if you had seen it firsthand, you probably, I probably would have went the other way. Uh, but, you know, his influence, right. uh, you know, he never once never has and never will push me in the direction of any job. That's just not mm -hmm. who he was because, you know, right. for, for my dad, it was always, what do you want to do? You know, don't get into something and hate it mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I do it or your mom does it or, or whatever. Um, you know, my decision to run for office or get in politics, that's my decision. You know, whatever, whatever I say right. on this camera, it's a reflection of me. Whatever I say on Facebook or on any mm -hmm. other uh, website or whatever, that's, my thoughts that's how i feel that's what i believe mm -hmm. um you know for me you know right. looking at, at politics there's so many different ways like i say you can help people 
Um, mm. And when I look at it, you know, I'm not sure if that's going to be on a local level that I want to do because, you know, I want to help people in the labor industry. I want to help people in the medical and mm-hmm. healthcare field. Um, I want to help people in education. Right. I want to help people in infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many different ways you can help people. Right. And, you know, I just got to weigh my options. You know, you never know what's going to come up. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm a great candidate no matter what I run for, no matter what I do, uh, because I, I work hard. Right. Right. I let my work speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And you, you can ask anybody that's work with me or for me or around me. I put first mm-hmm. things first. You know, I'm not there for right. you know, a personal relationship or whatever. Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing to benefit somebody else. And at the end of the day, when I go home, you know, I can lay my head on the pillow and I have to worry about when anybody got to say, whether you agree with me, right. or disagree with me, I state what I got to say and move on. Right. And that's, that's the best thing to do and best thing to be. We, we had the same philosophy. Um, and so as a, as a, as a educator myself, I, 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 I see that, that, um, it's a constant battle <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to remain in education, yeah. um, with all the things that happen, uh, in education, especially as a black male, it's, it's, right. it's very hard to remain. And so, um, I want to, I want to understand the, the, how, how, how have you, how have, how has, have, how has the transformation from education and politics help to help to frame where you are and, and what are some of the qualities that you were able to obtain from those, uh, from education and, and, and your earlier stages in politics mm. to help in what you're doing now? Well, you know, the funny thing about it, uh, you know, this just as well as anybody else, uh, when you're an educator, you have to put up so many skills and talents that make you successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you right. have to be able to manage people, relationship build, uh, communication, um, be great at organi- organizing, um, mm-hmm. you know, leading people. And that's in any mm-hmm. field. I mean, if you take a teacher out of a classroom, you can pretty much put them in any field in America because it's skills and knowledge that it takes to be a successful teacher. You know, I can put that into being a lawyer. I can put that into right. being an engineer, uh, a lobbyist, a politician, because it just goes to show mm-hmm. you how talented, uh, how much time teachers put into their craft. And, you know, when I left education, <laughs> it was just like a, I had stepped into a different field, but I was doing the same thing. Um, right. Like I said, relationship building, organizing people. Uh, and then you realize, you know, the older people grow, they don't really change as much as we think they do. Um, your personalities, mm-hmm. a lot of time, you know, I'm teaching high school, a lot of time your personality right. is already set. You know, uh, some of us may mm-hmm. grow in our belief systems, uh, but a lot of us don't. And so you will see right. that, uh, being an educator, it was an easy transition, but I think it would have been an easy transition into any field. So if I went to be mm-hmm. an insurance agent, uh, if I went, you know, even though I do real estate now, it's the same thing, relationship building, um, you know, being organized, uh, being able mm-hmm. to communicate with people, all of those things will translate into anything in America. Uh, and it just goes to show you how powerful and how mm-hmm. successful it takes a person to be a great teacher. Right. And so, and so, uh, as a future voice, 
uh, in the world of politics uh, and <laughs> and being a <laughs> an agent for education and uh, for our young people, I, w- I want to know uh, what do you foresee down the line, uh, and what do you what what do you want to see change uh, as it pertains to what we're doing now? Just an education, education, and in uh, politics itself. What do you want to see change as it pertains to our generation coming in and being the face <laughs> of education well, for edu- politics for the future? For education, two things that I want: um, I want more black males in the classroom, um, and I know that's going to take a lot of money. Okay. I know that's going to take effort. Yeah. Uh, because mm-hmm. you know, having a black yeah. male in the classroom, you know, it changes lives. We've seen the, the statistics over the years. Right. Uh, what is it? If you have a black male by the third grade, you know, you're X amount mm-hmm. exponentially better at graduating. Uh, so right. the research right. is there. The studies are clear uh, that having a powerful black man in the classroom, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's great because for a lot of young black kids outside of church. We don't see a lot of kids, you know, a lot of black men in powerful positions. Uh, so no, no. when you get kids that see somebody that look like them and tell them they can do something, um, it's different. Mm-hmm. The second thing I right. want in education is stop wasting money on state tests. Uh, you're wasting money right. that you oh, can yes. be put in a different area um, that teachers can be paid with. You can put better resources in schools. I mean, you still have schools around mm-hmm. the country that don't have heat. Uh, they don't have the right. adequate books and computers and other resources that they can use to educate the kids, which are wasting time educating mm-hmm. them on how to take a test. Uh, and uh, right. we both know, right. you know, these tests are wasting time and money. When these young people right. can be exploring different ways to learn, you know, taking what they've learned in their mm-hmm. community and take it to school instead of having right. to suppress that. Mm-hmm when they get inside the walls of, uh, of a classroom. As far as politics, uh, the one mm-hmm. thing that I want to see different, uh, <laughs> there's so many ways to go with this, but I want to see money being used wisely. I want to see money being put into areas mm-hmm. that benefit people. Um, we look at a city like Jackson right. that has struggled with infrastructure for so many years. Um, you know, potholes and water problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have people in these areas where, you know, if it rains too hard or a storm, they don't have water. Um, there's no way for anybody right. to live. And, you know, I, right. I've I've seen people live in certain situations that were downright depressing. And so now mm-hmm. we look at, you know, so many different things. The housing market is horrible. Uh, gas is four plus dollars and you know we barely getting cards here uh, there's so many different mm-hmm. ways we can use money uh, educate our kids better um, like I said the infrastructure health care I mean what's wrong with getting people we say we're pro-life until it's time for to let people live longer um, even in Mississippi mm-hmm. they, they killed a postpartum bill and for a man who myself and my wife who has a newborn why wouldn't you want a mother at home with his child longer uh, so right. there's so many different ways we can go with politics in America, but use the money wisely. You know, don't rip off taxpayers, you know, don't waste it mm-hmm. on critical race theory. Uh, put it where people can use it and in need. Right. Right. 
And that's 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 the key thing is is being able to uh, utilize funding in the right way, and over doing research and and, and looking over um, certain legal cases over time, as you know, I'm doing Alexander v. Holmes and and looking at the the funding and the separation and all those different things that were taking place. It's just it's sad, uh, right. but but um, at the same time, it shows what we're fighting for. Uh, and what right. we are desiring to see change. Um, and at, at the time, I didn't understand why my principal at the time was sending me on the bus to go around Holmes County to ride and see yeah. homes of children that were coming to my classroom. It's the person. Some of them were yeah. the children that were, yeah, some of the children were the children that were behavior issues. Right. And, uh, I went into the club. I went in, in on the bus, rode the bus, and uh, I came back with a different perspective. It changed right. me, and my whole perspective of how I approached the child was different. To where now mm -hmm. I I was able to um, develop a relationship with the child because yeah, I saw. You, you talk about um, you know the housing of a lot of kids. I'm currently reading a book mm -hmm. now. I'm almost finished. Uh, called the color of law and with me yeah. being a real estate agent you know it was very uh, i was very intrigued to read it because it talks about how america essentially uh kept black people out of buying property out of buying homes right you know and, the, and right. that was a part in that book in the beginning where it talked about you know how i was taught in school how franklin roosevelt was the greatest president of all time you know he got us out of the mm -hmm. great depression he got us through uh, world war ii and all of that and then I read, I read something and it, it changed my entire perspective. It talked about how when he went to pass the New Deal, uh, he knew he couldn't mm -hmm. pass without the, uh, the vote of Southern representatives and senators. And right. so in order for him to pass um, you know, legislation about minimum wage and jobs, the only way he could do it is if he told them he wouldn't touch agriculture. And so, of course, right. we all know agriculture is essentially slavery who was in the field working mm -hmm. for a quarter a day uh we all right. know it was black people well if they couldn't afford property you know then you still have to live in you're renting houses from somebody that is not worth it or you'll never right. be able to afford to get the property that you want and that happened mm -hmm. in chicago that happened in detroit that happened in new york that happened in la that happened in san francisco so even when black people moved mm -hmm. around the country uh, the fact that they couldn't afford their property, that meant overcrowded schools. That meant, you know, mm -hmm. you probably got kids going to school um, half a day. Well, if you got kids going to school for half a day, who's going right. to watch them? Then crime leads from that and drugs lead mm -hmm. from that. Uh, so, like we said, we ride around these communities and you see how these kids live. And it then makes sense. Oh, I understand why you're upset. I understand why you're hurting. I understand why you're having problems focusing mm -hmm. in school. Yeah. Because you got bigger things to worry about at the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like one of the houses I passed by, it the door, there was no door on the house. Yeah. And then when you looked inside the house, there was a hole, a big hole in, in the floor. And so yeah. I'm like, this child is living like this? And I'm like, I'm like amazed. And so. Yeah. Uh, uh, TJ is a father too. So if you hit up the baby crying, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> right. 
right, newly, right. New, newly, a new father. So yeah, man. <laughs> but anyway, <That's> my joy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But 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 yeah, it's 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 a sad situation, and and it's a continual uh, thing that 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 uh, we as brothers and other people are going to have to address and bring to the forefront. Yeah. And, uh, and, and to bring to that, I want to talk about Alcorn uh, because uh, Alcorn, I believe uh, changed all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, every person that goes to Alcorn, your life is changed. Absolutely. Uh, especially if you, especially if you stay there the entire time. But yeah. um, <laughs> but your life has changed from freshman to, to senior year. And so uh, I want to talk about uh, the people that inspired you on campus. Uh, and I want you to talk about three people that inspired you at Alcorn uh, because uh, I know uh, that Alcorn is your home as well as is mine because, right. you know, it's just no nothing like Alcorn. I just say like that. For all my Alcorn people and all my Jacksonian people that's watching the podcast, I'm sorry, Jackson State. I'm from Jackson, but I, I rip Alcorn yeah. all day. But I, I, I'm, right. I'm very I'm very excited that, that that I have an Alcorn brother on here to talk to me about something about Alcorn. Uh, and and what do you what do you think about the future of Alcorn as pertains to what you're seeing on campus right now? Uh, before I get to that, uh, let me just talk about how I, I got to Alcorn. Um, <laughs> I remember, you know, I was a senior in high school, and I had a, a lady, a white lady who was my counselor, and we were talking about colleges and everything, and, you know, she was so hell-bent on me going to USM. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I remember one day, uh, I think it was like a week before graduation, something like that, I woke up on a Saturday. It's just something hit me. I said, I'm going to Alcorn. And so I go into my counselor's office and I mm-hmm. told her, and she looked me in my eyes and she told me, don't go to Alcorn. That's a bad school. And I said, from that moment on, everything mm-hmm. that I do, I'm going to prove her wrong. And so, like I said, I mm-hmm. go to Alcorn and you know, my life has changed. You know, my high school was predominantly white. Uh, and I'll tell anybody, for my first semester at Alcorn, right. I didn't like it. It was a culture shock. You know, I had never been in classes with all black mm-hmm. people. You know, my teachers were all white. From eighth right. grade to um, mm-hmm. roughly 11th grade, I was either the only black person mm-hmm. or the only black male, if not all of my classes, but a lot of my classes. And so, like mm-hmm. I said, it was a culture shock. Uh, but I did have some professors who helped me along the way. Um, and coincidentally enough, right. Uh, two of the professors that helped me, they were white. Um, a guy who I still look up mm-hmm. to and talk to, uh, Dr. Greenfield, uh, he came to my wedding, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. gave me a lot of great advice. He changed my life uh, because he told me I was selling myself short. Um, I told him one day that right. I wanted to be a school superintendent. And he said, you know, that's great mm-hmm. and you'll do a great job, but that's not all you can do in life. He said, I aspire you. You know, I want mm-hmm. you to reach higher do something greater um be afraid make your you know let your goals make you afraid and that's when you know you're dreaming in the right place um dr aaron anderson another white professor that i had who actually gave me the ability to speak in public you know he saw something in me 
He made me the History Club president my mm -hmm. freshman year when I was struggling. You know, I, I didn't fit in anywhere. And they gave me a place to fit right. in and, you know, uh, give somebody, mm. give me the opportunity. And then finally, is uh, Dr. Stephen Hall. He's another history professor that I had who, like I said, still talk to him today. Mm -hmm. And all of those gave me, you know, a different perspective of life. They have been around the country, been around the world. But it was something that they saw in me that made me believe. You know, I didn't believe in myself at first. Right. Uh, but the opportunity for somebody to say, hey, you can speak in public. Uh, you can lead an organization. You can be great at whatever you do. Uh, that changed my life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I said, I, I had my dad. I still have my dad. But just to have somebody in the education tell me, you know, there's a lot more you can do with your life. You know, thankfully mm -hmm. enough, I tell anybody, you know, Alcorn is the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. Easily. Not close. Right. And I know right. somebody may be saying, right. well, you know, what about your wife? What about your child? I don't meet my wife if it's not for Alcorn. You know, mm -hmm. we got married right. at Alcorn's campus. You know, <laughs> we stayed in the president's yep. house that night. Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, Alcorn State University, you know, there's a reason I send money down there every month. <laughs> and despite mm -hmm. what may be going on right now, um, I know it's going to get better. You know, we, we've seen dark times you know, at HBCUs. Right. That's why I got the, the hoodie on right now, support black colleges. Uh, when mm -hmm. you don't have enough money, of course, there's going to be fighting somewhere. Somebody's not going to be happy. Uh, things are not going to get done right. in the way that we want. Uh, but I forever support Alcorn State University because they supported me right. when I didn't even think I could be great myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, um, it's 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 a uh, it's going to be a a good transition for for Alcorn and for other HBCUs with all this happening sports and yeah. you know um, and it, it's nothing like tailgating it's nothing like nah. football nah. <laughs> uh, Alcorn football you know nothing like that yeah you know, yeah Jackson State think they can top us they can top nah. us on that but I don't nah. I don't think so they ain't got it no they not at all uh, nah. and and uh, so. Uh, I'm, I'm just so excited to see what's going to happen uh, at all point over the next few years. Uh, and uh, having uh, our brother Tommy down there and shout out yeah. to Tommy and some other folks that's still there trying to push it forward and get alarmed to, you know, still donate and be a part of the, the, um, the don't, you know, the process of making sure that all point is still moving forward yeah. is essential. And you know, if 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 you if you go to a, a a college campus, support your college campus. If you don't Absolutely. have one that you don't that, that you ain't got to, got one Absolutely. to support, you can support us. You know, just just support our point, and, and yeah. we'll be. We'll be you so know, happy. That, that's something that I think we <laughs> black people haven't stressed enough over the years. You know, giving mm -hmm. back to your college. You know, if if it gave right. you a great experience, if you know it changed mm -hmm. your life, we'll give back to it. You know, even if it's right. twenty twenty five dollars a month give something back because mm -hmm. you never know that how, how there's going to benefit whether the university right. itself or some young person who's trying to get an education. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and the best thing for us is to, uh, as we progress and move forward and, and increase in our finances and all that type of stuff is to begin to do foundations, uh, in our names yeah. and, and, and use those yeah. foundations to provide scholarships and, 
right. and grants for research and stuff like that. Just, just, just the future. Because if, if, if our other big colleges and universities like, like, um, state and Ole Miss can do it, mm-hmm. can do it too, you know, I agree. and, and provide I agree. the same thing for them. And so, um, uh, my family right now is working on that right now to try to get my last name to become a foundation and to, mm-hmm. uh, begin to give back to our community and, yeah, that, uh, give and that's, back to HBCUs itself. That's one thing I'm, I'm proud of that. I was able to start, uh, my grandfather who was a sharecropper, didn't get more than a sixth grade education. Always wish he could have got, yeah. you know, as he called it, that piece of paper. Wish he could have got a degree. Uh, yeah. Wish he could have finished high school and all of that. So, you know, I'm thankful mm-hmm. that we were able to start a scholarship in his name because he stood for education. Right. You know, he, he was a, mm-hmm. a Baptist minister who, like I said, could have been killed for getting people the right to vote. Uh, but the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, you know, he still wanted all his kids to be educated. And education was more than just going to a class and sitting down and wasting time. It's how can you benefit yourself and your family by learning something? It doesn't have to necessarily Mm -hmm. be a form of education, but can you legally, uh, financially take care of your family? Right. And so, and so now I want to, I want to, uh, end on this note. I got about two or three more questions, but I want to end on this note about, um, what are some books that you would recommend? Uh, to people that are trying to know more about either education or politics are some books that you would recommend that you love yourself um, that have inspired you and moved you into the next area? Yeah, so like I said, the one I enjoy now, um, of course, The Color of Law, uh, which talks about how America Mm -hmm. uh, basically kept black people out of owning land. Um, You mentioned earlier I'm a sportscaster, so... Uh, I'm plug my radio show in. I, I host the Morning Blitz, TJ and Nick B. Uh, you know, yes. eight eight fifteen uh-huh. every Friday. News Talk fourteen ninety one oh seven point seven FM. But uh, another book yes. that I love is Forty Million Dollar Slaves. It talks about how mm-hmm. uh, similarly when integration happened, one of the first things that they did was grab black athletes. Uh, they weren't in a rush mm-hmm. to add black students to universities. Uh, but black athletes was um, a group of people that they were, uh, you know, willing to include. Uh, so that's one, mm-hmm. uh, $40 million slaves. Um, it's another one that's slipping my mind right now. Um, I Ain't Coming Back. My Dolphins Weary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a gentleman who's from Simpson County, Mississippi. And he talks about, you know, his growth in life. It talks about um, the 1950s and 60s and 70s, how Simpson County, Mississippi didn't even have you know a place for black people to go for medical attention. So he had to get grants and he had to get funds right. and you know, all of that just to help black people get medical care. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, the biography of Malcolm X, um, that's one of my favorite, obviously. Um, and you know, one of the reasons why it's my favorite is easily because uh, Malcolm said two things in there that really makes me think. He said he always wears a watch. And he said because once he understood the concept of time, mm-hmm. and that was all he had, uh, his life changed. You know, a lot of people forget all God is going to give you at a certain amount of time. And if you waste that away, you can't get it back. Mm-hmm. And he also talked about when he was in prison, 
Right. That was the best thing for him because he could finally focus. You know, he didn't have to worry about the streets. He didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, trying to mm-hmm. run numbers or running up behind somebody or, uh, you know, going mm-hmm. to somebody's house. And so those were two things that I, I really appreciate about uh, Malcolm X. Um, just a lot of them that's kind of slipping my mind right now, but those are some of my favorites mm-hmm. that, you know, I think about often when it comes to my philosophy in life. Okay. All right. And so, um, I am so excited to be able to enjoy this podcast with, uh, my brother, TJ, uh, Mayfield. And my last question, TJ is, um, what does merge mean to you? What does merge mean to you? Merge means, um, inclusion. Um, it means Mm -hmm. incorporating different, uh, thought processes and viewpoints, uh, because for a lot of us, we look at life and, you know, we only look at life in a way that we see things. Uh, like you talked about when you went to look at that house that didn't have a door and Mm -hmm. had a hole in the floor, immediately you had to merge that kid's experience with your experience and it kind of humbled you, um, similar to me. I've been humble being in education. I had a kid, you know, I asked him, you know, hey, man, why you didn't do your homework? He said, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mayfield, I had to get my little sister ready for school. I had to cook dinner. I had to make sure that their homework was done. He said, I didn't have time to do it. And right. so even as a man at that point, you know, I didn't have kids that I had to get ready for school. I didn't have to mm-hmm. worry about, you know, taking care of them and their safety and their well-being. So I had to incorporate his experience, uh, the way he viewed life. And a lot of people, I mean, that's what I have to do. I have to merge what they know, what I know, and to make myself, you know, have more wisdom, more understanding, more knowledge that way, because I'm not going to learn everything from a book. Um, You got to learn from some people, whether that person you think is smarter than you or not, somebody knows more than you somewhere. Whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, athletics, academics, whether it's, whatever it is, auto mechanics, uh, you have to learn to merge with other people, know what you know. That's how you learn more and you can get into different conversations that way. Right. Well, I know, I know TJ, we're going to have, we're going to bring you on for regular conversations uh, from time <laughs> to time. And, you know, this, this is something uh, we, we were already talking about doing a podcast together, but, but, yep. you know, I, I knew that this, we're going to have a hot topic today. Yeah, uh, talking about what just happened, <laughs> and right, so I, right. I enjoyed um, <laughs> my conversation with you today, and uh, and I was able to gain uh, a lot of wisdom uh, from you as pertains to how to further myself in the world of politics and education. And right. so I hope that you enjoyed it as well, my wonderful mergers, and that uh, as you go along in this day, that you begin to bring things together and allow your life to be an instrument to someone else. See you later. Peace. Peace.